and welcome to the Monday, January 8th podcast. we got the whole band here after watching football all weekend. Tom, Greg, Derek, hope you're doing well. Hey, it's warming up here. That's good. We're even going to hit 40 on Thursday in Wisconsin here. So hopefully all of you on the East Coast have weathered the weather. Now let's see if we've weathered the football. Tom, what do you think about this weekend's games, huh? What excitement, I guess not if you're watching the Jacksonville-Buffalo game, but a good finish yesterday with the Vikings, or not the Vikings, the Saints-Panthers game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, a lot of the games did go down to the wire, so there was that. I mean, the, the Jaguar-Bills game was horrific, but it did go down to the end, uh, so there was some drama there. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, the Falcons looked really, really good. I think the Rams made a major mistake not playing in Week 17 when there was yeah. still seeding uh, on the line there for them. They could have dropped with a loss, obviously, and if things had gone their gone the other way, but I think that was a mistake. They clearly did not have the rhythm. They weren't ready to go. They weren't ready to play. It took them about three quarters to really get going. I think that was a huge mistake by Sean McVay. I think that cost them the playoff win. But the Falcons look good. The Saints, I tell you what, I know that came down to the end as well, but the fact that the Panthers took Kamara and Ingram out and Breeze went bonkers, that's not good news for everybody else in the NFC. All right, Derek, we talk about teams taking a week off. We got the bye week now for all of the number one and number two seeds. You're looking at the Vikings right now. Does the layoff hurt at all? Do you think that that was the reason why the Rams lost, or were the Falcons just the better team that day? Falcons were just better yesterday. Um, I tend to agree with Tom, though. I don't think that I, there's no reason they should have been resting those guys with seating on lines. I, we know what they were doing. They were trying to dodge the Vikings, to tell you the truth. They wanted to go up to Philly. Didn't work out, even though they lost. They got pummeled by San Francisco, but everyone else lost, too, so it didn't didn't do anything for them. Um, just game plan, Falcons, like you said, played good, looked good. Rams were a little bit rusty. I don't know. Uh, you know, the history shows that the one and two seeds um, usually do pretty well coming off that bye. They get to obviously get to rest up, see how everyone else plays. Uh, I'm not really worried about the Vikings' rust because uh, Vikings are going to go where the defense takes them this year. I mean, yes, they're going to have to score points, uh, but if they can do to the uh, to the Saints in the running game what the Panthers did, Vikings will win that game easily because the pass defense and the Vikings and the pass defense of <coughs> uh, Carolina are quite different. Zero percent chance Alvin Kamara gets only three targets in this next game. You would, you no would, way. You would that was think a complete so. fluke. If they take the running game away, Kamara gets more involved in the passing game. Guarantee it, because Rose is going to take Michael Thomas out. All right, let's talk about the NFC. I think that's the most interesting one. We can talk about the AFC in a little bit, but let's talk about the NFC. Vikings are favored by four. That's the big game. I think New Orleans, Minnesota is the NFC championship game. Those are the two best teams right now. The way that Drew Brees is playing, he was phenomenal yesterday. Derek, we'll let's go right to you. What do you think of that one? Minnesota minus four. You're going to Vegas this weekend. Where are you putting your money on? I'll definitely have my money on the Vikings. So I, I might have to get some in early before that line climbs even a little more. Um, I, yeah, as I just said, I mean, I, as a Vikings fan, you're ecstatic because you, you got a chance. You got you got a home game. We beat these guys once. Uh, we have a fi- fantastic defense. Offense should score enough. I, I 
to me, I wasn't really worried about. I mean, you got to beat all these teams anyway. So to me, it's let's let's play. Let's line up. We're we're we've got the bye rested up. Rudolph's healthy. All of our linebackers are fine. Xavier Road gets a week off. He always seems to get bounced around once or twice a game. But uh, I like the fact that Zimmer has you know has had two weeks to get these guys ready. Obviously, we just found out we're going to play New Orleans yesterday. But uh, they they've been preparing for all these teams. They've seen these teams. I'm, as a Vikings fan, I'm excited. So, yeah, I'm going to be out in Vegas. I uh, bought a ticket a long time ago, well before I thought the Vikings had any chance of being a, a, a you know host of a divisional round game. So um, we'll see. Hope, hopefully uh, they do well. I can come back the following week and, and watch the NFC title game here because I don't think the Eagles can beat Atlanta. Well, Tom, let's talk about it. Uh, the Vikings did beat the Saints once this year. That was a long time ago. Yeah. In fact, we were in Las Vegas for the first weekend of the NFL season uh, opener. So what do you think? I mean, there was no Kamara at that point. Sam Bradford was the quarterback. Lots has changed since then. What do you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, the Saints defense is significantly better than it was then. Adrian Peterson was still there. I won my Drew Brees jersey that night, so I'll probably <laughs> be wearing that on Sunday. Uh, yeah, it's too. It's a completely. I mean, it's a different team for the Vikings too. Exactly. No Delvin yeah. Cook, no Sam Bradford. So I, I don't. I think we can throw that game out. I mean, I, I'm not sure I'd pay any attention to it. It's a completely different situation for the, the Saints. Their offense goes through Kamara and Ingram. Uh, I think the Vikings can can do a good job there. But again, what shocked me yesterday was Kamara not being used in the passing game, and I don't think that happens again because Michael Thomas versus Rhodes is a tough matchup for Thomas. So they're going to have to find other ways to throw the football, and that means Elvin Kamara, I think. Ted Ginn, they can't handle Ted Ginn's deep speed, so I would expect him. Tell you what, if anybody was playing him in the NFFC postseason contest, well done, man. Ted Ginn could be this year's James White kind of player. Just, you know, the guy that emerges with these huge games when you need them the most. I forgot about the Drew Brees jersey. Glad you brought yeah. that back. <laughs> well, I'm wearing that this week. Hey, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings with Mark Meltzer and Ira Kirker. They couldn't even get back home to Florida because of the hurricanes and everything. So they were stuck with us. We drank a lot of beer, and you won a jersey. Uh, speaking of kudos, kudos to all the people who started Drew Brees in the postseason contest because that could be your wild card that could take you four times to the Super Bowl. No guarantees, of course, but uh, I'll give you a lot of credit for that. I think 29% uh, started Drew Brees this week, so that was a good one there. Derek, let's talk about the other one, the other game, the Atlanta-Philadelphia game. First time, I believe, in NFL history that the number one seed is an underdog at home. Atlanta favored by three points. What do you think here? We obviously know how bad Philadelphia looked the last couple weeks with Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah, no surprise that they, they are underdogs looking at uh, how they've played and who they have at quarterback. Uh, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, if, they, if Atlanta played the way they played against the Rams, I think they go in there and take care of business pretty easily. Philadelphia's defense is only okay. They're good rush defense, but you can throw on them all day, uh, I believe. So to me, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's they're used to this. Foles is Foles is not a has not proven to be a big game quarterback to this point in his career. Atlanta obviously all the way to the Super Bowl last year, so these guys uh, they have the experience. They're on a little bit of a roll here, and again now you know Philly's now had two weeks though too to, to rest up and and uh, get healthy and come up with a game plan. So uh, you know Atlanta favored by three. It feels like you know probably that I would probably at this point if it stays three I'd probably take Atlanta if I when I'm in Vegas if it's down around the three spot but I, I just think Atlanta's a better team at this point and they should come out of there with the W. Stranger things obviously happened but uh, Philly like I said 
is not nobody feels like they're the one seed here. Yeah, I agree with you. In fact, I think I'll give you some money to take to Vegas and bet on Atlanta. I like Atlanta right now. The way they're playing, I thought their game plan was fantastic. The run game looked good. I mean, I, they just were the better team against uh, the Rams. I like them against Philadelphia as well. All right, Tom, let's talk about the NFFC postseason contest before we get to the AFC side. We had 1,418 teams. That's a record. We had 1140 last year. $100,000 at stake, but... What a hell of a response. I mean, I couldn't believe how many new people we had in this contest. We had some people taking multiple teams. We had a lot of people just taking one team, entering for the first time. Great contest, great response, and this $100,000 is going to be there for years to come because we're going to continue to grow this contest. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic to see the, the turnout, the interest, uh, like you say, record number, record grand prize. So we did everything we, we hoped to be able to do, thanks to everybody who signed up there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. This is, without a doubt, I think it's the best postseason contest in the industry because if you're leading after week one, I mean, congratulations, but it's week two. That's when it really gets interesting because that's when the multipliers kick in. So those bi-week players, the Roethlisbergers and the Bells and the Bradys and all those guys come into play this week. So this is when it gets fun now, when we see those multipliers and like you say, yeah, anybody's got Drew Brees feeling pretty good because they're going to be playing the NFC Championship game, so you're going to get at least three times out of Drew Brees. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. Week two in the playoffs is when this contest really heats up. Hey, Derek, let's talk about the percentage owned. Tom Brady, 57% owned. As I said, Brees right around 30%, 29 30%. Uh, Case Keenum is at 26%. Ben Roethlisberger, only 14%. Now, he's got a very, very tough matchup against the Jaguars this week, and then if they win, they'd have to go on the road possibly to New England. So, very tough, but again, there's that differentiator, and Matt Ryan at, at 8%. So, talk about the quarterback percentage owned. Nothing really shocking there. Brady a little bit higher than maybe I would have thought he was going to end up just based on how we've seen him play uh, the last couple of weeks. But again, you know, if you're thinking the Patriots are going to going to the Super Bowl, Brady's kind of the slam dunk there. Uh, I know I went with Gronkowski in our contest just based on the fact I thought he was he's basically this year's Julian Edelman for Tom Brady, the safety blanket. But uh, Roethlisberger, 14%, but that's just because you got Le'Veon Bell, obviously. And I don't know the percentage of Antonio Brown. Owner. Do you know that? Ownership on Brown, I didn't no, see I that. Bell, Bell was like 72%, though. So, I mean, it's so yeah. like 72 plus 14 is you know, 86. So, let's say Brown and Schuster are the other 14 probably combined. So, that's probably where Antonio Brown's ownership percentage is. But uh, True Breeze, 30%. A little higher than I would have thought. A lot of people, well, I guess maybe not. A lot of people think the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. So, Keenum, 25%. That's 26, whatever it was. That seems about right. Um other than that, Matt Ryan, 8%. I think a lot of people, that, that, that could turn out to be a fantastic play, actually. Even if you end up losing yeah. Matt Ryan in the NFC title game, you're going to get three out of them, uh, assuming they beat Philadelphia. So, again, a lot of strategies. It's good to see you know stuff spread out. A lot of people doing a lot of different things. There's no, There was no... Uh, there wasn't a ton of slam dunks. I know Gurley was owned 89%, I think. But other than that, that was, yeah. the, that was the highest one. And that one, you know, that it, it just seemed, it didn't turn out right. I mean, the, the 2% of people that had Robert Brooks are, or excuse me, Robert Woods uh, are liking that play at, at this point. So, again, yeah, a lot of, lot of spread out uh, so far. Like, like Tom said, week two is where it gets interesting. Now you got to make those uh, replacements. And that's where, that's where this is won or lost. 
Yeah, definitely. Tom, let's talk about the running backs real quickly here. Todd Gurley, 89% owned. Obviously, a lot of people have to replace him, but he was the one who won a lot of money for people in the NFFC this year, so they're putting him back. Lev Bell at 72%, Leonard Fournette at 60%. Here's one that was surprising. Alvin Kamara was only 47%, Kareem Hunt at 32%. So uh, I guess the one differentiator, maybe Devonta Freeman was at 13%. We'll see what happens to him. Again, pretty good pick between him and Ryan. You know, that's, those are good picks. So running backs, what do you think there? Well, now with Kamara becomes interesting because he wasn't majority owned, 47%, but you're getting double the points now, and when they get to the NFC Championship game, because they beat the Vikings, three times the points. So Alvin Kamara at 47% now becomes a great value play there. I was surprised that Fournette's ownership was high. I, I thought I was kind of onto something that few people weren't seeing. As it turns out, it shouldn't have been as high as it was because the Bills really shut him down. But, again, two times the points now this week for him, and he should get a lot of volume in the game. So I'm interested in that. But, yeah, the, the girly ownership, everybody's replacing him. Lev Bell now kicks in two times the points uh, with a tough matchup, but he's going to get all the volume he wants. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so who is going to be that sleeper pick? Who is that guy you put in your lineup this week? Derek, you got any thoughts right now, or we've got to do some studying? But obviously last year, like we said, when New England made the replacement at running back, boy, he was the difference maker. So who do you think this year, or this week? Well, you know, I haven't really looked at it enough yet. Uh, you know, some of the – I think here – I mean, it obviously depends who you already have, right? I mean, if you have – you know, a Julio Jones in there, uh, and you think Atlanta can get all the way through. Obviously, you want to maybe pair him with a Matt Ryan. You know, Philly's, D, like I said, run defense a little tougher. So does it is the better game going to be on Devontae Freeman? Is it going to be on Matt Ryan? I don't know. Uh, you know, Vikings-wise, 25% of the people had Keenum, so that means 75% of the people did not have Keenum. I don't know where the rest of those people spread their Vikings out. Uh, Thielen, Diggs. Defense, I don't know. So there's, uh, again, I think it totally depends on who you have uh, at this point. And if you feel you're, you know, if you're down, like in our contest, I lost Alex Smith, right? For uh, between the three of us that were playing with the lineups. What a bummer. You're out. You're done. You're done. You're done. So I, I, you know, I'll figure out a strategy that uh, fits my lineup and my thoughts on how the teams will go the rest of the way. So I don't know that there is one guy out there that I would consider yeah, head, head, and he, head and shoulders above everyone else. Tom will, probably, is, Tom will probably say Mark Ingram. fucking Cooks, baby. The Titans struggle against slot-wide receivers. They, Cooper Cup ate him up a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, it, Brandon fucking Cooks. He is going to go off this week. You guys don't have him. I got him. Faulting me to the championship will be Brandon Cooks. I think so if you, got, if you got Brady, though, so you're going Cooks with your second one rather than Deion Lewis as your second choice. Let's no, say you have Brady. What would you do there? Well, if I had Brady, I want I'd, I'd want to go. I it, okay. Gronk is going to be the obvious choice. Deion yes. Lewis them to be the next obvious choice. Cooks would be the play if you're trying to get that little bit of uh, contrarian okay. action. So that's where I would go. I that's why I took him in our three man team because I figured you guys were going to go Brady or Gronk, and then. So I thought maybe I could get Cooks in there are you, at two times the points. Are you not worried about Brady's inability to throw the deep ball the past six weeks yeah. or so? That, no, that, that, hampers, that hampers go, man. Cooks, man. A ten-yard slant and go is all you need to do. It's just, The shit isn't that hard. Yeah, well, they don't do that enough, slant. though. They, they, they don't. unfortunately don't. But this is, a, this is a plus matchup for Cooks this week. So out of the slot, I like him a lot. All right, let's just stick with New England real quickly. They're 13-point favorites, Tom. You don't see Tennessee going in there and winning that game. Oh, God, no. 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 <laughs> no. 
The top owned there was uh, Delaney Walker was 25%, had a very good week uh, uh, for week one. I don't know who else you would take there. Would you just leave them alone, keep your walker on there, and, and move on, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, Derrick Henry's an option. He's going to get a lot of volume there, but, yeah. you know, the, he's got they got to be playing a close game in the fourth quarter for him to really hit it, and I don't see that happening, so I wouldn't be too excited about him. I mean, maybe Rashard Matthews if you want to throw a dart at the wall, but, yeah, to me it's Delaney. All right, uh, Derek, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. This is not a good matchup for Pittsburgh. We saw what happened the first time they played. Jacksonville's defense just dominated five interceptions, a couple of TDs. Are you laying off of Pittsburgh, or are you saying, hey, they're not only going to win this one at home, they're going to go on to New England and win? I think they. St- I still think they're my favorite for the to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC. So I, whoever I have, let's say I have Le'Veon Bell, I'm, I'm adding, uh, you know, I'm adding Antonio Brown. Um, for sure, or Roethlisberger, I guess maybe if I lost my quarterback and I thought Pittsburgh was going, Big Ben might be the ad, but I'm definitely doubling up on Pittsburgh this week. Let me ask you this question. If you got Roethlisberger, do you go Bell or do you go Brown? I think you got to go Bell. Well, again, it dep- is not good this week. depends who you lost. I mean, literally, you could still have all four receivers or all four running backs, right? I mean, in theory, you could. So, I, I mean, I think it depends on your own roster construction. But uh, to me, I think I'd... I, I'd probably back him up with Bell if, if all things being equal, I had the choice just based on Bell's floor as a receiver and, and as a rusher. I mean, I don't think he can really go wrong, but uh, I would probably go with Le'Veon Bell. I think you got to go Bell. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. All right, so we're going to talk more about that. Thanks again to everybody who played in the, uh, the postseason contest. Again, 1,418 teams was fantastic. Uh, the prize money is perfect for you guys, $100,000 grand prize, paying over 80% right now in that contest. So kudos to everybody for joining that. It was a great, great uh, time this weekend, and this is going to be a fun, fun contest because we're a surprise already. All right, real quickly, guys, we're doing the FSTA draft. We're already in round seven. We told you what our top five picks were. We had Bryce Harper, George Springer, Alex Bregman, Robbie Ray, Byron Buxton, and then in the sixth round, we obviously took a pitcher because we only have one pitcher. So, Derek, who was our pitcher that we took? Uh, he used to pitch in college a little bit. His name was Buster Posey. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell were we doing taking a catcher there? You know, it came to the we were always planning on taking a starting pitcher there. Um, just it there by the time it got to us, there wasn't we a couple of guys we liked James Paxton and went the pick before us. Yeah. A couple of other guys Paxton he, we wanted. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it, unfortunate he didn't get to us. And at that point, I just we just I didn't feel there was another starting pitcher. Uh, worth taking right there and with Posey sitting there you, you still figure he's, he's his numbers have you know his home run numbers have gone down a little bit but he's still a 300 hitter he can definitely I mean he's not old yet he's still only I think 30 or 31 years old so uh to me that sixth round 14 team league it just it fit our it fit our strategy as we've you know kind of done so far building the offense and taking huge values that we think that just keep falling to us so at that point you know, we didn't get a pitcher, but we got we got a top three catcher there, and just obviously will help everything offensively, solidify the batting average even more. And so far, uh, you know, we're I think we're three picks away from us. No other starting pitchers have gone hardly, so I think we're in a yeah. good position to grab a guy we you know almost took in the last round. So, all right, so Araldus Chapman was the only pitcher that's been taken since our pick, so it's coming back to us. Like you said, in three picks, we'll see what happens. 
We'd have to have some big kahunas not to take some type of picture at this point, but we'll see what happens. But we like our offense. So you can find the board. We'll put it on our message boards, but you can find this. The draft board is actually publicly distributed, so it's out there for everybody to see and to digest. So very, very interesting. I'll make a post on the NFBC boards about our team and about this board. Check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to finish it up in Los Angeles in two weeks. But until then, I have a feeling we're going to get through about 14, 15 rounds, and I hope we do because it's a lot of fun. Not only that, it leaves a lot of drinking time for me in Los Angeles. So, And that's important, damn it. I'm hobnobbing out there. I'm expensing it to the company. It's all good stuff. So looking forward to that. So there we go. All right, we got a little baseball. We got a little football in. We'll talk some more tomorrow. We'll get Derek some money so he can bet for us, Tom, right? Because we got yep. some uh, I, money. I, I, he, owes, he owes me money anyway, so he can bet with my winning. Yeah. I, in theory, I will not lay a bet on the Saints for you out there, so you can just scratch that idea right now. You want well, me you to You've got to do that. No, because what am I going to do? I'm going to put money on the Vikings for myself and then walk back up there and, and put money on the Saints? Yeah, become no. a bookie. You just no. go to hell. No. That, this isn't that hard. Actually, yes, that's you can exactly just, how you do it. I'll take your bet because it'll just go right in my pocket, and I'll pretend like you lost it to the oh, casino when God. you really are not even going to have to bet it and it'll just end up in my pocket what kind of sleazy (laughs) operation are you running i well maybe let's call that uh uh payback for your buddy who's gonna bet for us somebody else who has less morals than you i don't know well i I think i need a weekly counter this week just i'm gonna go back and see how many shots tom took at me and saying the saints are gonna win this game it had to be about seven just in today's podcast so i can't help it if i speak the truth i shouldn't be punished for this that's the way it goes in America today. You get punished for speaking the truth. Oh, no, I'm not being punished. Make my fucking Saints bet, and we'll be good. There we go. All right, wear your wear your Breeze jersey. To the I'm definitely wearing my Breeze jersey. If you take, <laughs> yeah, all right, you you wear your your uh, Breeze jersey. Take a picture and send it out over Twitter. Then I'll make your bet for you. There you go. All right, I like yes. it. I like oh, it. Make it. Oh, yeah, that's my that's my easy enough to do. Yeah, you can well, do that, Tommy. Yep. Uh, I just make the bet. All right, we'll end this fight right here, and we'll talk about it some more tomorrow, and how much we're going to put on these games. But uh, I think Atlanta and New Orleans are probably going to get some of my money too. I like it. So we'll talk more tomorrow. We'll check out the point spreads. Good luck in your week two postseason contest bids. And if you want to uh, start drafting baseball, go to play nfbc.com that's right play nfbc.com we got plenty of drafts going on right now join one as well talk to you tomorrow